Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. Six minutes past the top of the hour. Welcome, everybody, to Political Coffee. Great to have you with us today. Here's what we're talking about. Did you watch Trump's speech before he went into the courtroom yesterday in New York? What did you think of it? You think it helped him? I think it hurt him. What's your opinion about that? If you saw it. Also, I mean, there's lots today about Trump, and we're going to get into uh, all of it, including conversation, at least partially, with State Senator Dennis Linthicum, at least partially, about Trump. What he's hearing from constituents in, in his Senate district, which is down in Klamath Falls area. What are people in Oregon thinking? What are you hearing about Donald Trump as all of this stuff goes forward? By the way, the judge apparently conceded, according to a Trump attorney, that the statute of limitations is in effect. And all the transactions, Trump's transactions, loans and so forth, by the way, of which nobody is saying he defaulted on or defrauded anybody over. All of those transactions closed prior to 2014, which is 80% of the Attorney General of New York's case. They're now out of the case. He tossed them. So the judge tosses 80% of the Tisha James case. Will it make any difference? Will the mainstream media talk about that? Probably. I wouldn't hold your breath. Hey, got to ask you a question. Do you think that the term Bidenomics is working for him? You know, for Joe Biden. Well, apparently not. There's a report. There's another story in Gateway Pundit about Democrats seem to be a little worried that the term Bidenomics is sort of backfiring. Well, as the price of gas continues to climb at the pump, who would come to that conclusion? I'm just curious. Now, another question I got to ask you that I think is you know, pretty profound. Will the Republicans step up? And begin the fight to not allow the elections to be stolen in court. There's another story about Mark Elias, who's the Democrat evil lawyer and genius, who was behind all of these settlements unconstitutionally in these states in 2020 to allow mail-in balloting when the law didn't allow it. The guy behind all of those lawsuits that prompted that He's at it again. Now they've, they're suing Wisconsin to block, get this, absentee voter witness requirements. 
We'll talk about that tonight. At least Oregon people's vote will. We'll talk about it tonight. The political coffee clatch, friends. You want to join us? Starts at 6 o'clock at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. Tonight we have a presentation from Nick Hill of Marion and Polk First about how you can be involved in the campaign. The campaign to convince your friends and neighbors to vote to repeal the Salem City income tax. That's tonight. So come and join us. Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. Petunia is going to be there. And yes, we're going to have some fun with Petunia. Tonight, we're going to sign you up, those of you who want to, you know, sort of coordinate and just go show up at those, you know, for an hour, just one hour, maybe a couple times a week to show up with Petunia in a parking lot somewhere in the Salem area and hold up some signs about the income tax. You know, you make them. You make whatever signs you want to. We're going to do that. Petunia is going to be a part of that. She's going to be a part of maybe the official campaign. We'll see. All of that's tonight, folks. We're going to talk about it. The political coffee clatch. We'll get an update from Oregon People's Vote and Janice Deisinger and Anna on the upcoming training. You to learn how to be a hand ballot counter. This is important. Because the Democrats are going to do whatever they can. The leftists, the Marxists that run the Democrat Party are going to do whatever they can to stop any hand counting of anything that exposes the vulnerabilities of the machines. Also, there's a story today in the Oregon Catalyst, and there's a lot of stuff out there today, especially in OregonWatchdog.com. I want to encourage you to go to OregonWatchdog, all one word, dot com. It's Jason Williams, one of his websites. It's kind of a news aggregator for uh, Oregon News. Oregon Catalyst has a story about the Joint Office of Homeless Services. A little shop of horrors. William McKenzie uh, writes a piece about this today. And it is about this, this joint... Um, you know, uh, collaboration between the city of Portland and Multnomah County. If you remember, we've talked a little bit about Multnomah County has this massive amount of money, $100 million that's been sitting there for the purposes of homelessness. And they haven't been deploying it. They've gotten so much criticism, they just finally, last week, decided, hey, we'll, we'll vote uh, spend some of that money. They've had a tax in Portland. A gross receipts tax is what it has been to fund this, to create this fund. And that the hundred million bucks has just been sitting there and Portland looks like Tijuana, Mexico. Like Tijuana, Mexico may look better these days, you know, with all that cartel money running through there. Anyway, the little shop of horrors. You see, in 2017, it, folks, this is 2017. This isn't now. This joint, this joint office has been around a while. 2017, folks. They got 48 million bucks from the city and the county. Rapid rehousing 
this uh, particular, you know, a, a program within this joint office. Got 6.7 minutes for rapid rehousing. How well did that work out? Just look at all the tents hanging around. 5.8 million, another, on supportive housing. 8 million for the safety off the streets. Pay for shelters and services for victims of domestic violence, youth, women, and families. Almost a million dollars for seniors and people with disabilities from becoming homeless. And then they have all of these wonderful quotes of all the people that were hopeful about all of this. Then OPB did this article we sort of alluded to the other day. As OPB put it, quote, a peek behind the scenes of the joint office reveals how clunky contract management, poor communication, insufficient data collection, and a lack of vision have undermined the program's effectiveness at solving one of the region's most entrenched challenges. And then William writes about, and now another scathing review of health management associates requested by Multnomah County Commission Chair Jessa Jessica Vega Peterson. And it goes on to list everything of this dysfunctional office. And then it goes on to talk about a whole bunch of other things. Their adopted budget, by the way, for 2023, they started. Now, just, just keep this in mind. This is how much money we're throwing at the homeless problem. This is just in Portland and Multnomah County, by the way. This isn't Washington County, Clackamas County. This isn't Marion County or any of the other counties around the state. This is just them. They started in 2017 with $48 million. You know what their budget is today? $262 million. They've gone in an increase of staffing, get this, from 13 full-time equivalent positions to 96 now. So they ask, and William asked this question, has the homeless count gone down? Commitment of all this money and personnel? In 2015, there's this thing called a point-in-time report. In 2015, now remember, this office was created in 2017. In 2015, there was a report that said 3,800 individuals were homeless in Multnomah County on any given night. This is 2015. Eight years later, literally hundreds of millions of dollars spent. Guess how many people according to the point-in-time count that was conducted on January 25th through the 31st of this year, earlier in this year. Guess how many people in Multnomah County, after hundreds of millions of dollars, are still homeless? I mean, you would think it would be less than 3,800, right, that were counted in 2015. You would be wrong. It's now 6,297, 6,300 people 
almost double. He concludes his piece today in Little Shop of Horrors Indeed. Yeah. Now, why do we talk about this today? Well, first off, if you watch or read the Oregon Watchdog, go to their their website, OregonWatchdog.com. You're going to see several stories over the last couple of days about homelessness. Okay. So it we're, you know, as Kevin Dahlgren has been on the show and will be on again, at some point will join us at the political coffee clutch. Here's a guy who's had success in reducing homelessness, massive success in various places in Oregon. He calls it the homeless industrial complex. We now have multiple examples of incredibly inefficient waste government make work in the homeless issue. Hundreds of millions of dollars of your money being spent that doesn't solve the problem. Here's the question. Is anybody going to be held accountable for this? And I'm not just talking. Multnomah County in Portland, folks. Talking about here in Marion County, in Polk County, in Yamhill County, in Lynn County. Is any of the money that's being spent achieving anything meaningful for the lives of people? And if not, why not? And is anybody of the politicians who made the decisions or the unelected bureaucrats who made decisions that aren't producing results, is anybody being held accountable? Back in a moment, 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 22 minutes past the top of the hour. Welcome back to Political Coffee. Tonight's Political Coffee Clatch at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. Now listen. It is well worth it for you to join us tonight and bring someone new. Seriously. Somebody who's in your your sphere of influence, your world, whatever world that is, bring them tonight to learn more about the campaign to repeal the Salem City Income Tax. Now, you know, those of you who are thinking, you know why. I brought forward this story and this whole point about homelessness. You can guess why, can't you? And in a moment, for those of you who are scratching your head going, well, hey, look, I just woke up and, uh, you know, I'm, I need some more coffee. Well, I'll reveal it to you in just a moment. Friends, uh, last night I had a... Uh, a great evening with some friends. Uh, and we were watching Monday Night Football. And one of my, one of my buddies, I mean, I mean, literally, we 
it was several schools uh, kind of put together. High schools is what I'm referring to. And, uh, it, and one of my buddies, we were talking about football and injuries and that kind of thing. And, and he said that he bought a MyPillow. And that MyPillow, he has never slept better in his life from the moment, from the very night that he got the MyPillow and has been using it. And I've got to tell you how true this really is. Now, as you know, I've been sleeping under my pillow for going on 13 years now. He's just started sleeping under my pillow, like maybe some of you, and you know how good it is. Right now, you can save 50% on the king and queen my pillows, the new my pillow, the my pillow 2.0 that's got that great cooling fabric. And it works, folks. I got them. You will never sleep better. And right now, you can take advantage of the 50% off using the promo code PC23. So go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code PC23. When you do, you get the massive discounts, but you also help support this radio station, this radio show specifically, and Mike Lindell's fight for election integrity all across the country. So please, go to MyPillow.com. Support your own liberty and feel better. And not only you, but people in your world. I mean, they, they have all of these great discounts on the six-piece towel sets, the slippers, the bathrobes, the mattress toppers. I mean, just there's a massive, and there's over 200 products in the MyPillow inventory. So go to MyPillow.com, use the, pre, the promo code, and get these massive discounts. Promo code is PC23. That's the acronym or initials of this show, Political Coffee, PC23. So tonight, Nick Hill is joining us to talk about the campaign, how you can be involved, and maybe somebody that you bring who maybe is not really political, but they do not like this income tax of the city of Salem. We get to vote on it. Well, those of you who live inside the city of Salem get to vote on it, and I don't. But here's the deal, folks. This is a, a big chunk of this income tax is supposedly to go pay for what? That's right. Homelessness. Increasing homeless services. Now, I just read for you this story of the massive failure of this joint office between the city of Portland and Multnomah County. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent. Created this massive bureaucracy of almost 100 people, and they have double the amount of people living on the streets. How well is the city of Salem doing with their homeless efforts? What are you getting for your money now? How many people live on the streets in the city of Salem today compared to, say, oh, maybe two or three years ago? Prior to COVID, even. Prior to Measure 110 going into effect. We ought to be talking about that. If you believe that homelessness is being solved by throwing money at it, then you probably believe 
that Oregon education is getting better and better and better because we're throwing more and more and more and more money at at the local level and certainly at the state level. You probably believe that. Unfortunately, the truth is different. Oregon now ranks dead, almost dead last. We're not quite there, but we're getting there in educational results in K through 12. And heck, you wonder why Tina is trying to sound like such a moderate? She now is dead last in the popularity of governors in America. She's the worst. All of this translates, friends, to you and I using this as an opportunity to change our world by having persuasive conversations with persuadable people in your world. If throwing what is now, if you take it collectively, local funding, statewide funding for homelessness, if throwing money at it after billions, yes, with a B, billions of dollars of your money, if throwing billions of dollars of your money is not working today, to solve the homeless problem, why would we give them more? Isn't that Einstein's definition of insanity? Kind of is, isn't it? You know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Freddie's got a great text. says, homelessness is an industry like abortion. It'll supply tax money to the Democrat Party. It's all about being a funding source for political gain. Amen. Back in a moment with State Senator Dennis Limpick. And we'll talk about this. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Twenty-three minutes before the top of the hour. Just quickly before we go to State Senator Dennis Linthicum, who joins us as he normally does on Tuesdays. Got to remind you, did you see the forecast? It's going to get really hot, which is unusual for this time of year, right, in October. You know what? You know if you've gone through the summer and you were miserable in your house or your business because the A.C. wasn't keeping up, You can't afford to have that system go down on you when the weather gets cold. So don't procrastinate anymore. Just call Freedom Heating in there. You know what they'll do? They'll come out to your home or your business right away. And they'll fix it. In fact, if you know it's time for a tune-up before you get into the really cold weather, they do that too. Maybe if everything's fine and it's working okay, You should just still have that tune-up. Peace of mind. Who knows what they might catch? Something that creates a real problem for you when the cold weather comes. So call Freedom Heating and Air, 503-580-1456. 580-1456. Just check out their website, Freedom Heating and Air. All one word, freedomheatingandair.net. Senator Dennis Lithicum joins us. Senator, good morning to you. Um, good. I, I have Good morning. Had... It's yeah. great to be here. We, uh, you've got quite a lot on your morning schedule today, don't you? <laughs> Boy, it's a busy day. I got to ask you 
I mean, before we get into Trump and what your constituents are saying about him and this whole story about throwing massive amounts of money at homelessness, there's this story. Uh, Oregonians had a story. Willamette Weeks got a story. It's about the all-expenses-paid junket to Portugal by some legislators and other folks, you know, to see how it works the right way to legalize drugs. What do you think about that? Yeah, and it sounds like they talked a lot about green energy. So these ideas are just, uh, they're terrible ideas. And um, I think the, the Oregon legislature ought to create another union entity called Money Grubbers United. And um, <laughs> everyone can take a junket whenever they want, wherever they want. <laughs> well, uh, apparently, now I, I have to say, uh, woke Multnomah County, George Soros-funded DA, Mike Schmidt, who's got a serious challenger out of his own office, he's backed out, apparently, because I guess, you know, the optics probably wouldn't look very good since he doesn't, you know, he doesn't bother to actually prosecute anybody who's involved in drug running these days. Right, and that, that's really the the problem. See, and I, I think this is a real problem is we have, we have put too much when I say we, it's as of the electoral class. And actually this is what's good about your appeal to people coming to your Monday night, um, at the, at the, uh, the bar and grill area. I've it's Tuesday night tonight, Senator. And by golly, oh, it, if, yeah. it's Tuesday nights. And if you and your lovely wife, Diane, are in town, why don't you come and join us? Yeah, well, it, and I was just going to say, I've never been, but your, your splurge on it is those people who live in your world and in, in your influence. Diane and I were at an event where there was uh, beaders, you know, like little tiny beads that you string yeah. along and make jewelry and clothing. Yeah. What it was like, Beaters United, and, and uh, th there were thousands of people roaming around looking at full scale skirts and jewelry and necklaces and pottery and you know, things that you and I would never imagine making with beads strung together. And, and this is a different world. Now, there may be people, you know, in your, and I don't even know what you call the National Bead Association of the United States of America or whatever, but <laughs> there are people in that world. They have friends there. They inhabit those spaces, and they need to start conversations and bring them to the Tuesday night event. And there's there are soccer moms is a common one. But aside from soccer moms, there are moms who are taking their children to piano lesson or guitar lesson or, you know, it, any other kinds of things that a family might get get involved in. It may be hang gliding for Pete's sake. You and I have no idea the thousands and millions of opportunities that people have in the United States of America to create assemblies and joyfully in, enjoy, uh, I guess I'm being repetitive here, uh, 
the other people and the things that they truly love. And, <clears throat> and this is important to use these relationships to further decent discussions about these political things, because right now we have surrendered way too much power to the government, overreach from the courts, overreach from the governor, overreach by the Democrats is a common thing. And they are spending us into oblivion. And it's about time we put a stop to it. Long overdue, Senator. All right. Um, by the way, this junket to Portugal. Yeah, they've got some days off, you know, when they're not doing the hard work of reviewing how successful Portugal's been in decriminalizing hard drugs. You know, they're, they're going to tour a castle, even though... <laughs> The spokesman, right, the spokesman uh, for the group sponsoring this said, well, there, there's no organized tour to a castle or a plaza. Well, Democrat Representative Rob Noss supplied to Willamette Week the actual itinerary. And, yup, there's a visit to the St. George Castle, Commerce Square, Time Out Market, and other attractions. All paid for, not by the taxpayers, but paid for by drug money. Got to love it. All right. So, Senator, I got to ask you, um, Trump goes to court yesterday. He did this little speech outside the courtroom. This is the New York trial where he supposedly overvalued his assets. He gives this speech. The judge throws out 80% of the case because of statute of limitations. What are you hearing with all this noise, all this stuff about Trump? What are you hearing from the people you represent about Trump? Well, basically, you know, in the same way, I, I've had three lawsuits that have that are, you know, co coming up. Some are coming up uh, in the beginning of December. <clears throat> We've got an election integrity lawsuit. You'll probably have Mark Fieldman on to talk about that. Yep. Um, I've got a grand jury petition for COVID fraud, and um, that'll come up in the, that first week of December. We also have um, election, uh, well, election integrity. We also have educational choice items. These are all, quote, going through the courts, and the courts have been stacked against us. So when it comes to Trump, and you actually see this single judge, Tr Trump didn't commit you cannot find a victim for this crime of overvaluing. I overvalue my home too. I would like to sell it for more than it's probably worth. But that's the nature of real estate. You want it to be, you want to create an environment where people start to um, enjoy the value that you're placing in your home, in your assets, in your life's investment as much as you do. And so you price it appropriately. Um, I heard Cash Patel describe the, the property next door is one fifth the size and currently valued at three times as much money. So if you did the math, the amount that the judge said 17 million should be times um, three times five, you know, and that's how much it should be worth, which gets pretty close to what it was worth. There are no victims to this crime of thinking, I can tell you my dogs were 200 bucks or $2,000. 
And you could say that much not worth 10 cents. That's just a matter of opinion. That's not something I would expect a judge to take me to court over. And yet this, uh, this DA and uh, corrupt judge sycophants and flatterers for anybody in the Democrat party, they're, they're keen on destroying Trump for no other reason than Trump is Trump. And for that, you got to love the man. You do indeed. Uh, Senator, we got about a minute left. You just had legislative days at the Capitol. Was there anything profound that came out of that? No, but but there is a sense that um, the, the Democrats are um, going to continue down the road they're on. We had a, um, a report to the Judiciary Committee that was about GIPA, G-I-P-A, which is the Gender Informed Practices Act. And GIPA is keen on making the Coffee Creek women's prison into a Coffee Creek um, unknown um, gender prison. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, they reported they're uh. changing the uniform so that the men who are now housed there feel more ladylike. Um, it, it's, it's quite <laughs> ironic. All paid for by our tax dollars. State Senator Dennis Lipscomb. Senator, thanks so much for joining us and hope you can join us someday at Live Political Coffee Clutch. Back in a moment, 648. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top of the hour, 503-589-1220 is the Power Buke GMC talk line. Seriously, folks, the billions of dollars we are spending on the homeless problem in Oregon, it ain't working. We're going to talk about that tonight. It is a central reason that the Salem City Council arrogantly ignored everybody's testimony virtually everybody's testimony against the Salem City income tax because a big chunk of that goes to do what? Throw money at homelessness. Again, how well are they doing today? How much money are they spending on homeless services today? And how many people are on the street today compared to, oh, say, two or three years ago in Salem? We're going to talk about that tonight, the political coffee class. So join us, won't you? Six o'clock at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. And bring somebody with you. Maybe he's not overly political. Tonight, Nick Hill of Marion Polk First will talk about how you can be involved in the repeal of the tax campaign. In that is an opportunity, folks. It's too bad that the Salem City Council hadn't hired PacWest Lobby Group. Because, you know, they might have made a better decision. They might have said, well, okay, instead of just, you know, um, throwing money at it. Why don't we let the voters tell us what they want? PacWest Lobby Group helps, you know, cities, business associations, other people 
figure out a better path forward politically at the local level, at the state level, nationally, PacQuest Lobby Group. Maybe you have an issue. Maybe a group you're associated with has an issue. Why don't you check out PacWest Lobby, pwlobby.com. You know, we did that broadcast with them last week with the Oregon Manufactured Housing Group. It's, this is important, friends. We had on state senator on the air, former Democrat state senator, Rick Metzger, who talked about how they worked behind the scenes to get the governor to step back from the tolling issue. Because it's coming statewide, folks. It ain't just going to be in the Portland metro area. They want it. ODOT said it. They want it statewide. They did that. There's the value in hiring professionals who have relationships to fix things. So if you're thinking about that, go to pwlobby.com. John writes an email about the homeless issue. Says, you said they aren't solving the problem about homelessness. After 27 years in the military, the one thing that really stuck with me is that, quote, you have to solve the right problem, unquote. By not doing so, you'll be solving problems all day and never run out of problems. For bureaucrats, by default or design, they have job security. If politicians really cared, would work themselves out of a job. Well said, John. Well said. And it's something, by the way, that Kevin Dahlgren has embraced. He's a guy who's had enormous success all across the state of Oregon in reducing homelessness by doing certain things. And one of them is, a key piece of it, is the attitude within the bureaucracy that they need to work themselves out of a job. That has to be their ultimate goal. And by doing that, that means you've been successful. And you've helped people get out of the base problem. This is what John's talking about here. Solving the right problem. Throwing money at it is not going to help it. Going on junkets to Portugal ain't going to fix it. They're dealing with the wrong problem. Doug writes an email about what are we hearing about Trump? All presidents are asked to run, which begs the question, who asked Trump to run? Was it the military, a bunch of generals perhaps? Motivated by what? Info that they had about something going on on the moon, perhaps? Does Trump even matter? Trump credits himself as the father of the vaccine, a deadly concoction of self-assembling hydrogels, creating hybrid human antennas and good subjects of the system. The system always promotes elections as a way forward. Same clubs, same teams, Democrats or Republicans. It's always the same horse race. By now, it should be blindingly obvious to everyone it's not real and it's all controlled. And he goes on, said he said he would drain the swamp, Trump. He added $7 trillion to the national debt. Government will collapse because the fiat currency will dissolve to zero. Go to the phones. Go to Gary. Gary, good morning. Go Beefs. Hey, Jeff. Go Ducks. So uh, we've been digging into this uh, uh, girl that got mugged at the, at the school uh, by the uh, homosexual boy. Uh, and what we found was a letter from uh, the te- a teacher 
who said that this school was completely unsafe and uh, basically being run by the kids. Uh, they were having huge discipline problems. Uh, you couldn't be in the halls without getting mugged. This is the third time this guy has uh, hit a girl. And uh, so uh, there is a school board. Oh, and we got a letter from the school board, uh, which basically excused the boy, uh, was uh, basically worried more about his uh, anonymity than, uh, than the assault. So there's a board meeting next Monday night that uh, we've, we've got uh, people to come to and uh, express their frustration. Well, um, this needs to be done. And if the school board is not going at the, at the, at the root of this, and you know this, Gary, is their policy. If they're not going to change their exactly. policy and this kind of stuff continues, then they need to be sued, not just the district, but those school board members individual for creating mm-hmm. a dangerous atmosphere for their children. That's what's happening. Yeah, apparently this school is one of the worst schools in Oregon. Uh, and uh, they have absolutely no discipline, no consequences for violence. Uh, the usual liberal mantras that uh, anything goes. And, of course, they're pushing this homosexual agenda. So he's a special person who is not going to be... Um, uh, controlled in any way, and uh, it's very possible that he had a little gang that was going around terrorizing people, is what it sounds like. Well, it ain't good. Hey, Gary, thanks so much. Hope to see you maybe tonight at Political Coffee Clats. Joe Beeves, Conrad, you gotta go. You got about one minute. You go fast. Okay, um, yeah, this is Conrad Harold. Let me shut off speakerphone. If Trump doesn't get elected, I'll be camping out in Wyoming for the rest of my life. I hope you'll vote for me. Send me your tax credit. Jeff and I will have an address for you. Thank you. Uh, All right. Conrad will no doubt be tonight. Well, maybe at tonight's political coffee class. If you want to help him, a guy who has stood up and be counted. Who's sick and tired of everything, including the homelessness and a lot of other bad stuff. Running for office to fix it. Will you join him? Will you help him? Come tonight. Let's talk about that and how you can help defeat, repeal, stupid income tax. City state. He is sick in the Hong Kong.